But people spend a lot of money putting on masks. People spend a lot of money uh, to try to cover up and disguise who it is that they are and their real identity. And in life, we have to realize that, uh, that we all have issues, all of us. There's not, I don't see anyone here. Let me look around. Nope, you all have issues. We all have issues. I have issues. Um, but there's a side of us that we don't want anyone to see. There's a side of us that wants to pretend or to cover up who we really and actually are. And the problem is, is too often we spend more time on trying to cover up who we are than trying to fix it. We spend more time and more effort trying to pretend to be something and try to, to pretend like that everything is okay when if we took that much time and effort, we could start the process of truly being okay. You ever had your, your child and, and you've asked them to do something and they want to argue about it for five or ten minutes? If you're like me, I, I'll look at her and say, if you'd have already just did what I asked you to do, you'd be finished. And we wouldn't be standing here arguing about it because now you've wasted ten minutes because you're still going to do it. And a lot of times we do that in life. We spend all of our time and effort when if we would just say, you know what? I want to fix this. I'm tired of pretending. I'm tired of, of being someone that I'm not. We dress up. We put on a smile. We put on, I can't say suit and tie here. Uh, you put on your, your Sunday best, okay? And you, you, you come to the house of God. You wear a mask. And when we started this church almost 12 years ago, the one thing that, that we really wanted to, to hammer home and the, the type of church that we wanted this to be was we wanted this to be a place where we didn't have to play a religious game. We, didn't, we wanted to create an atmosphere where we could just be real. We didn't have to put on. We didn't have to pretend. But we could come in and be real. And that's why in my preaching and, and, and when I'm talking to you, I'm very transparent. Guess what? I do not have it all figured out. I know some people's bubble just busted. I've been fooling you all this time. I don't have it all figured out. I make mistakes. There's times that things happen that I do not handle them right. I expected a shout from over here, but... And as we talked about last week, that's why I love Paul. Because Paul was always very transparent in his writing. When he was talking to people, he was always very transparent. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, he said this, We refuse to wear masks and play games. We, do not, we don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. Rather, we keep everything we do and say it out in the open. Paul said, we refuse to wear masks. We refuse to play games. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about some things that I really believe can transform our lives. You're going to hear things that you're going to say, that's right, preacher. You may not talk like that, but you may say, that's right, I agree with that. But you're going to have a hard time walking out and actually doing what I'm talking about. There's going to be things that, that you agree with that you're necessarily not going to want to do. It's one of those situations, we know what we need to do, we just don't want to do it. 
But I really believe that over the next few weeks, that if we can convince ourselves to do them, if we can convince ourselves to say, you know what, I've tried it my way. It's not been working too good for me. So I'm going to take what I've heard on Sunday morning, I'm going to put it to practice throughout the week. I really believe that if you will do that, that this series is something that we all can grow from. It's something that that could change our lives forever. But if we will continue to try to cover up who we are, wearing a mask, or if we just try to laugh it off. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 13, it says, laughter cannot mask a heavy heart. When the laughter ends, the grief remains. You ever been around someone that they're acting like everything is okay, but if you really know them, you know it's not? And they just try to make jokes and they try to to, to just play it off like, you know, it's all okay and everything's all right and, you know, life is great and it's all uh, rainbows. But if you really know them or if you really are listening to the Holy Spirit, you, you know that it's not right. And the issue is, is you can act and pretend as if everything's okay. You can continue to put on the mask. You can continue to play games. But in the end, the grief is still there. Until you can deal with with the problem. Until you can really deal with the situation. Until you're really open and transparent and say, you know what, I'm struggling in this area. I need a touch from God. I need brothers and sisters and family that will stand with me. I'm tired of pretending. So today we're going to look at a mask. The mask of conflict. The mask of conflict. You see, conflict is something that we all encounter. Anybody have any conflict this morning? Husband and wife don't want to raise you. Look at look at that. Nobody fought this morning, honey. It's awesome. Now take off your mask. Now, did anybody have any conflict this morning? Yes, thank you. I have one honest person in this house. But conflict is something, whether it was this morning or it was yesterday or it's tomorrow, it's something that we're going to deal with. At some point, at some level, it's something we're going to deal with. And the reality is, is that very few of us deal with it properly. Very few of us deal with it properly. There are a few things, that, that, that ways that when we face conflict, that I believe that we tend to handle it. The first thing when we face conflict is, is, is we try to dominate it. We try to dominate it. I'm the boss, and you're going to do what I say, whether you like it or not. Anybody live with that person? I'm just kidding. I remember there's been times that I've asked Reese to do something, and she, she's wanting to know why. This is not the right answer, but I want, to know, I want her to know who's in charge. You know what I'll say? She'll say, why do I have to do it? I said, because I said so. Maybe not in that tone. Maybe a little harsher. Anybody ever use that? You're going to do it because I said so. You try to dominate the situation. You're you're in a conflict, and you say, you're going to do it because I'm the boss. Secondly, you try to ignore it. Now, this is exactly the opposite. We got any ignorers in here? It'll just go away. You don't like conflict, so you just run from it. Leave it alone and, and you believe that, that over time that it will just get better. 
You have a conflict and, and you believe that if, well, if I just leave it alone and come back to, to them or to it in, in six months, that, that it'll all be better, that it'll be healed. You've heard the adage, time heals, it doesn't. Only the Holy Spirit can heal that situation. Only the Holy Spirit can speak into that conflict. Because what really happens is, is if you just allow it to keep going on and on, the Bible tells us that it creates a bitter root. And that it will spring up. It's still there. It's still there. The third thing is, is we just whine about it. We just complain to anyone who will listen. I'm not even going to ask. You know who you are. Not here, of course. You know the, the people that you work with. You just want to whine about it and complain about it and, and gossip about it and, and just everything that where it comes about is just like, well, that person, you know, da, 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 da. You just want to whine about it. Then we've got those who just want to white flag it. What's that? You just want to keep the peace. I'll just, okay, whatever you say. I'll just go along with it. I'll just do what you say. I'm, just, I'm waving the white flag, the surrender flag. I give up. Just have it your way. Or lastly, you just want to end it. You go your way and I'll go mine. I was talking to someone uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And they had a family member that they had had a conflict with. And they hadn't spoken to them in, in years. And I began to ask, what was it over? It was over something ridiculous. But when they were faced with that conflict, they decided, we'll just end the relationship. You go your way, I'll go mine. And the problem is, is that's what we sometimes choose. But too often, it's our first response. So this morning, we're going to, to look at, over the next few minutes, I believe, I believe that if over the next few minutes that you will listen, that what we talk about could be the answer to some of your problems. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be great. So over the next few minutes, just give me your attention and, and don't, a lot of preachers will say, don't push back. You can feel, when you start talking about some tough stuff, uh, when you're the one speaking, you can, you can feel the resistance. I'm just asking you for the next few minutes, just be open and listen. In James chapter 4, verse 1, James, the, the brother of John, says this, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? This is what causes our problems? What causes our fights? What causes our quarrels? The answer to that is, if you were answering that, you'd probably say that person, that situation, that relationship. But this says, what causes our problem? Have we ever stopped to realize that it could actually be us? It could actually be us. I mean, if you think about it, what is the common denominator to all your conflicts? It's you, right? If you've got a conflict, you've probably been in every one of them, right? It's you, it's me. And he goes on in chapter, uh, verse 2 to say this. You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. You see, I believe that every conflict that we face 
is because you want something that you didn't get. You want something that you didn't get. Now, I, I very often talk about a, a, a smaller, a lighter version of road rage. But if you get mad on the road, it's because that you wanted that person to get out of your way and they wouldn't do it. You're driving on 52 and you've got some Ohio driver. When I lived in West Virginia, we always made fun of the Ohio drivers because they love driving in the left lane no matter what speed. It is so true. And my, even my Ohio people over here are, are agreeing. They must be transplants. But you wanted them to get out of your way. Or maybe you wanted... There's times I just want peace and quiet and somebody will come ring the doorbell. And my dogs go nuts. And it's at that point that I wish I didn't have dogs. We'll just put it that way. I get upset. Why? Because I wanted something. I'm trying to take a nap. I'm trying to do whatever. But those dogs... And now they're to the point that they're almost senile. And any, any, if they hear anything outside, it's just constant. Anybody need two dogs? Really? I should have painted a better picture. They're loving, sweet. Sarah raised her hand. Did you see? Oh, she was just scratching her head. I'm sorry. Or maybe you wanted to have dinner on the table when you got home. And it wasn't there. Maybe you wanted to see the house clean and it wasn't clean. Whatever it is. Because we don't get what we want, it creates conflict. And then it says, what happens when you don't get it? James says, you kill and you covet. You say, well, I'm good. I've never killed anybody. If you have, don't raise your hand. But we kill with our words. We kill with our actions. You ever been in a conflict with somebody? I don't know if you do this. It may just be me. But if somebody's upset me, I start formulating in my head what I'm going to say to them the next time I see them. Anybody do that? Please tell me I'm not alone. Okay, I'm, only, I'm, I'm about the only crazy one here. But I will start to formulate in my mind, and then I will, I will anticipate what their response is going to be, and then I have an answer for that too. It just makes me feel better. I'm going to let them have a piece of my mind. I'm going to give it to them. Here's what I'm going to say. Usually doesn't happen. But I'm beginning to do that. But at some point, at some level, I need to be willing to realize that it may not always be the other person. It could be because we want everything. You see, society tries to convince us, and we've said this, if you want it, you can have it. If you want to be a, an astronaut, you can be an astronaut. Guess what? There's some people out there, they may want to be an astronaut, but it's not going to happen. They can't have everything that they want. But, but in America, we try to build that up. Society tries to build that up. You can be anything you want to be. I can tell you right now, I would have loved to be a doctor, but you wouldn't want me to operate on you. But we build up that level of expectation that we can have everything that we want, and it leads to disappointment. It leads to anger. It leads to letdown. 
You see, the earth was not designed to give you everything that you want. People weren't created to give you everything that you want. But we do everything that we can do to try to get it. And the issue is, as many times we're trying to get what we want from someone that cannot give it to us. So what do we do then? What can we do? At this point, what can we do when we're faced with conflict? And I want to look at four things that I want to challenge you to try. Four things that I want to challenge you to try. You've tried everything else. And the first thing is, we, we said, look within yourself. Look within myself. Now, you're, you're sitting here right now and you say, well, I've done that, but it's really her. It's really him. It's really that boss. It's really those employees. It really is those Ohio drivers. It really is. But I'm asking you and challenging you, before you do that, look within yourself. Is it me? Am I the problem? Am I the issue? Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 and 4 says this. It says that, man, I'm going to have to, hold on a second. I'm prepared this morning. It says, why do you look and speak? Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? There's a lot of eyes in that. But what Matthew is, what is saying here is, is saying, why are you so concerned about the little thing in your neighbor, the little thing in the other person, when all the time you have a big plank sticking out of your eye? In other words, what he's saying is, is quit blaming everybody else. Maybe look within yourself. You see, we're easy to let ourselves slide. It's easy to show grace to ourselves for most of us. Some of you may struggle with that. But for most of us, it's easy to let ourselves slide. But when it comes to giving others the benefit of the doubt, we start to build up the argument. We try to defend our case. Can I tell you that there are times in life that you may be right, but you still lose? There may be situations that you think that you have every right to do that, but in the end, you still lose. Because you can win and, and it still cannot be settled in your own heart. And you can still deal with it. So the next time, before you scream or before you text or before you, you ever send off a text, you can't get those back. Now Facebook, if you post something, if you're really quick, you might be able to delete it. But I can guarantee you, it's already, somebody's already seen it. The web is fast. But you can erase all evidence of it unless they get a screenshot real quick. You can't get those texts back. But the next time, before you, you, you just go off the handle at someone, someone that can't really give you what you're really looking for, look within. Look within. Examine yourself. Is it me? Is there something I can do? And that's humbling. It is because we, we don't want to think that about ourselves. We don't want to think and realize that maybe it really is me. I talk to people all the time and, and they will say, you know, well, 
Uh, I've had the problem with this person and this person. It seems to be the same thing over and over and over again, no matter who they're with or what's going on. It's just the same situation, the same scenario. And I've had to look at them and say, have you ever thought that those situations, those people are all different, but you're struggling with the same thing? It's time to look within yourself. It's hard to do, but it's liberating when you can look at yourself and you say, no, you know what? Maybe it is me. Maybe it is me. Secondly, talk to God first. Man, what a, what a noble idea. Talk to God. Go to God before you go to people. This is the spiritual version of counting to ten. You, you remember those commercials? Anybody old enough for that? You know, they've got the baby there in the baby bed crying and, and the parents just wanting to beat them and, and it's stop. Count to ten. Nobody seen those commercials? Maybe they're just in West Virginia. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody, somebody has seen them. But this is the spiritual version of that. Because when that thing happens, the first thing you want to do is just let them have it. It would feel so good. I talked once again with someone. They'd been upset with someone for years. For years. And the Holy Spirit had started to deal with them over this situation. And so they went and, and, and sought some counseling. What can I do? What can I do to, to, to fix this? How can I settle this in my heart? And their solution and their suggestion to this person was start praying for that person every day. His first response was like, do what? If I pray for him, it's not going to be nice. He said, just pray for him every day. He said, at first, he said, pray God will bless their family. Pray God that will bless their marriage. He said, at first, you probably won't even mean it. And he said, he was right. I did it. I didn't mean it. But I did it anyway. And you know what happened? Exactly what that counselor told him would happen. Kept doing it every day before it was all said and done position toward that person began to soften and it began to soften and they kept praying for that person they kept believing for that person till they got to a point that they really meant it and then it got to a point that that relationship was reconciled why why because the holy spirit can soften our hearts there may be situations in your life you think i'll never get over that I will never let that go. That person did me wrong, and maybe they did. Pray for them. Every day, pray for them. And see, see what happens. See if God will not begin to, to, to soften your heart. I would ask you to do this. Don't let prayer be your last resort, but make it your first response. Don't let prayer be your last resort, but make it your first response. Don't make it the last thing that you do when all else fails. I've tried everything that I know how to fix this situation, this problem, this circumstance. So now I'm going to ask God to help me. He still will. But you've went through a period in time in your life that, that you didn't really have to go through. 
because you weren't trusting in God. And when you trust in Him, it makes all the difference in the world. And if you will do that, if you will say, prayer is going to be my first response, not my last resort, it'll change your life. I mean, there's times that I get aggravated with people. I know, more bubbles just busted. Pastor, you can't do that. You have to love everybody. Nobody can ever get on your nerves. Okay. Believe it or not, there's times that I've handled it wrong. And there's times that I didn't go to God first. It ended in disaster. It ended in disaster. And if you look in, inside yourself and inside your life, I believe that you will, if you're being honest, you'll say, you know what? He's right. When I try to handle it myself and when I don't talk to God about it first, it does. It ends in disaster every time. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He said, don't worry about anything. He said, but in everything, in everything. You know what the, you know what the Greek word for everything is? I don't either. But I'm pretty sure it means everything. Everything. Take it to God. Give it to Him. Quit running around and, and trying to, to do this on your own and to fix these situations and think, well, if I just do this and if I just do that and if I can take care of this here. and No, give it to God. Talk to Him first. James chapter 1, verse 19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Man. I just want to read that just to myself. If we had people that would be quick to listen and slow to speak. I heard one time someone saying, you've probably heard this, that we have two ears and one mouth. That's because we should listen twice as much as we talk. I don't know if that's what God was thinking, but it sounds good. We're too quick to just spout off. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Thirdly, we need to let God do a work in us. Let God do a work in me. You may not like this. It's not pleasant to think about. But sometimes God uses, can use conflict to help us mature. If you went through life and never had any conflict, you'd never grow up. Adulting. I love the t-shirts. I don't feel like adulting today. It's about six days a week for me. But adulting is not easy. Conflict is not easy. But if we will do what we're talking about, we can come through it stronger than we were and more mature than we were when it started. See, God wants to test us. You know what's terrible? Just like in school, if we fail the test, we're going to have to do it again. If we fail the class, we've got to take it again. 
The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1, it says, So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though the going is rough for a while down here. These trials are only to test your faith, to see whether or not it is strong and pure. It is being tested as fire tests gold and purifies it. And your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tried in the test tube of fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day of his return. He's saying you're going to go through troubles. You're going to go through trials. But if you will respond to them in the right way, and if you don't this time, you'll learn from your mistakes. The most aggravating thing for me personally is when I do something and I know that I do it wrong and I'm faced with a situation again and I do the same thing again. I can't learn from my mistakes. But it's so awesome when I do something wrong and the next time I'm faced with that situation and I pass the test. You remember that relief when you were in school if you, you failed something the teacher was nice enough to let you take it again and you took it again and then you passed it? How many people failed your driver's, license, your driver's test the first time? Oh, man. Hold on. Let me look and see who I want to make sure I'm off the road. Man, there's all kinds of you. Are y'all from Ohio? <laughs> Some of people fail the written test. That's not as bad. Some people fail the, the driving test itself. That's bad. But it was, you remember when, after you did that, then you went in the next time and you took it and you come out with that license? The joy that you felt? And your parents were in tears? But you were so excited. You were so happy that you, 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 you failed the test the first time, maybe the second time, maybe the third time. I've seen some of you drive. And even if the person just passed you because they felt sorry for you on the fourth time, but you were so happy. And that's the way it is with God. When we're faced with things, when we're faced with situations and we fail them, but then when we're faced with them again, we pass them, it makes you feel so good inside because you learn from your mistakes. Here's the issue. The issue is, is we too often are looking for things that we man can't give us and I would tell you this morning don't expect from man what only can come from God don't expect from man what only can come from God the answer to your conflicts when it comes down to it comes from God trusting God believing in him allowing him to speak into your life, speak into your situations. I would challenge you to lower your expectations of people 
and increase your expectations from God. Lower your expectations of people because people will fail you. People will let you down. People will turn on you. People will stab you in the back. You're going to become disappointed. You're going to become discouraged when you continue to trust and expect things from people. But increase your expectations from God. The Bible tells us in Psalm chapter 32, verse 22, Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Our hope is in you alone. Too often we place our hope in others and it creates conflict in our life. We place our hope in the stock market. We place our hope in our jobs and then we get laid off. We place our hope in people, then they fail us. When you do that, you are setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. You're setting yourself up for a life of misery. As I was studying and preparing for this, an old song came to my mind. Some of your bubbles just busted even more. Old songs? There's a song that says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, my righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground. I begin to just allow that song to get into my spirit. There's so much that's said in those just few lines of a song. But it's the very foundation. It's the very foundation. He is our only hope. If we truly want to unmask, to quit playing games, because it's going to be human nature cover it up it's going to be human nature to try to pretend but if we can ever grab a hold of the fact that we can be real with him he sees it anyway he knows what we're going through he knows what we're struggling with he knows what our situation or our circumstance is and he says take off the mask Deal with it in a biblical way and give it to me. Put your hope in Him. If there's a situation this morning that you're dealing with, a situation of conflict, I would challenge you, look within yourself. Realize that it may not always be the other person. And I would challenge you to talk to God about it. 
talk to God about it. And then let God do a work in you. Let God do a work in your life. Put your hope in Him. I ask you to bow your head. I truly believe that there are people here this morning that that you would say, Pastor J.W., I am, I've been playing games or pretending for some time now. There's people in my life that I'm still upset with. There's grudges that I'm holding. There's situations that have turned me cold toward God and toward people. conflict that I've tried to ignore I've just tried to just dominate but I'm tired of it I'm tired of wearing the mask I want you to know that this is a, a church and a group full of people that you can be real around and there's a God that wants you just to be honest and open with him he already knows it but he's saying you have to admit it You have to be willing to say, this is causing me grief. It's causing me turmoil. If you're here this morning and and there's situations in your life, maybe relationships that have been severed, conflicts that you seem to be dealing with on a daily basis, just slip up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. faced with conflict you can overcome it not by your own power but I believe that if you'll take the steps that we talked about you'll see your life change I'm going to ask everybody to stand how many people believe That God can change your situation. God can change your situation. Our hope is built on nothing less than Him. Prayer changes things. The power of prayer. So many times I believe we underestimate the tool and the weapon that we have by being able to talk to our Heavenly Father that we sang about this morning. It changes things. I can tell you time after time after time in my life that I know without a doubt that either through my praying somebody else praying for me my situation has changed 
can't attribute it to anything else but prayer. So what we're going to do right now is if you're here this morning, if you're here this morning and and, and you, you raised your hand, know that God saw that hand. And I'm going to ask, just as we did last week, that that person on your left and that person on your right, because listen, when we're wearing masks, sometimes the people even closest to us, we're so good at it. We are so good at it that even the person closest to us has no idea what we're going through. Sometimes I, it, it happens to me. I, I want to think that I, that I am close and I, and I know what's going on. But there have been times that I have found out or they've, someone has come to me and finally admitted to me that they were going through something and I had no idea. Sometimes we're that good at playing the game. So this morning, if you raised your hand, at some point, whether it's right now or whether it's after service today, you need to find someone that you trust, someone that that you love and confess. Because when we agree together in prayer, that's when it becomes powerful. So right now, that person on your right and that person on your left, we're going to pray. And we're going to ask God to help us deal with conflict. and To help us take off the mask that we've been wearing. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you this morning. God, you see every person that's represented in this auditorium. God, you had no problem knowing who was going to be here. God, you know exactly what we're going through. And God, we are standing together. God, we know that conflict happens. God, we also know that we try to cover it up. We try to suppress it. God, there are situations, people here that are dealing with situations that, that of conflict that are causing them problems every day of their life. Father, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you will come down and that you will free them. God, that you will begin to allow them to deal with their situation, to deal with their problem, to deal with their conflict. Father, that they will look within themselves. God, that they will be willing to admit, maybe it is me. And then God, ask you to do a work in their lives. God, help us. Help us to realize that we do not have to face this battle and this struggle alone. But God, that you are standing there with us and God, that you have placed us in a place where we can be real with each other. Where we can say and admit that we don't have it all figured out. God, help us to place our hope our confidence not in people 
not in things, but God in you. God, help us know that you have a plan for our life. God, it's to prosper us, not to destroy us. Father, I pray that we leave this place different than we were when we came in. God, help us to be real with you and with each other. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. I want to thank you for